Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Justin Brown, and today I'm joined by my producer, Kobe Jackson, and my wonderful co-host, Tyson Taylor and Kalani DeLuna. We've got a super exciting episode planned today where we'll be talking about the Texas State Volleyball team making the NCAA tournament and football's big win over South Alabama. But before we jump into it, let's throw it to Tyson for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of the, this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you very much, Tyson. So let's start off with the biggest Texas State sport news over the past weekend, and that's Texas State Volleyball as they have been selected to dance in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2020 and the fourth time under head coach Sean Hewitt. This time, their opponent will be number seven seed Southern Methodist Mustangs. But before we talk about this matchup, let's look at the last three times that the Bobcats have been in the tournament under head coach Sean Hewitt. In the year 2018, the Bobcats received their first NCAA tournament win over Rice, but then lost to UT in the round after. In 2019, they lost the first round to UC Santa Barbara. And in 2020, they got their second NCAA win over Utah Valley, but lost to Nebraska. So, guys, the Bobcats right now are coming out of the Sunbelt Conference Championship where they took a 3-1 win over Marshall but suffered a 2-3 loss against James Madison, while SMU finished their league play with the best conference winning percentage in program history, which is 94.7%, and they're riding a 15-match win streak in nine straight sweeps. What do the Bobcats have have to do to ignore the stats of SMU to play their best? And do the Bobcats have the advantage of having nothing to lose? Honestly, no. I mean, you honestly, I I know I mentioned this on you know last Monday's VCR that they were done for the season, but I caught, I did forget about the the NCAA tournament berth. But I mean, Sean Hewitt. I mean, we talked about his resume as a, head, a volleyball head coach. He has done a phenomenal job, and now making to another appearance in the NCAA tournament, it is truly a true blessing for for the Bobcats volleyball team. And to think they're going against you know we looked at the tournament bra- uh, tournament bracket before uh, before the show. It's you know, they're playing in Austin region with SMU, Texas A&M and University of Texas, who, may I add, is the defending national champions. But may I add, I just want to throw that in there. So but I mean, yeah, I mean, Bobcats are are back in the NCAA tournament. You said for you said for the fourth time, correct? Or the third time? The fourth time under yeah. head coach Sean Hewitt. And this is the 13th time in program history. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you that that honestly shows a lot of what Sean Hewitt has done. But, you know, to think, you know, K.J. Johnson. In and you know all those seniors they're not done just yet so i mean they get to play a little bit more volleyball before they you know send off into their you know uh post you know collegiate careers so i mean what a, what a time to uh to uh get into the tournament than now 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, back to your question on SMU, I mean, first, you got to give credit where your credit's due. You know, um, this SMU volleyball team is a super talented, super disciplined squad. And I, like you said, Justin, you know, 15 straight match wins, nine straight sweeps. That is very impressive. And I think, you know, that tells you all you need to know about, you know, the level that SMU is playing at right now. But I mean, you, you know, you can't can't count out those uh, count out those Bobcats. You know they're playing really good volleyball right now too. Um, you know they finished the regular season really strong. Um, fell short in the Sunbelt Conference semifinals to James Madison, who you know who would end up playing in the Sunbelt Championship. But I mean, uh, and that was a super close battle. You know, went all five sets. But I think you know that loss. Um, you know, makes this um, Bobcat team even more hungry. You know, even more amped up um, and ready to play for SMU. Because I mean. You know, their season could have been over, but, you know, they, you know, they punched a tick in the big dance and, you know, they had a big chance to keep their season alive in the postseason. So, yeah, I'm excited. And, you know, and, you know, home, home court advantage is always nice, you know, playing here in Austin. You know, we go back to the beginning of volleyball season. Like, we know that Sean Hewitt, his main goal was, I want to do the NCAA tournament. And, like, he finally got his goal. And I'm excited to see, like, as... Tyson said, like, playing SMU, like, the Bobcats are going to be hungry. We know that we can, like, play against these bigger teams like we did earlier in the year against Houston. So, you know, like Kobe said, too, these seniors, they're, it's their last ride, so they're going to give it their all, and I'm excited as well. You know, this matchup, it's going to be a fun one to watch. This team, SMU, I mean, they have all the momentum here. This is the team that's won nine straight sweat sets in a row, 15 past games in a row. So they're trying to achieve perfection. Now, the Bobcats, all they have to do is just go out and play volleyball. And and they have an opportunity to upset a team. Now, who do y'all think has to step up big? One player, in my opinion, is Bailey Hanner. You know, she really helped out in that win over Coastal Carolina right before the season ended. And right now, it's just seeming like with that last game against JMU, she only had five kills and not even an assist on the chart yet. So, you know, that's going to she's going to need to step up big in this game against SMU. Who do you think needs to step up big? I mean, I think honestly as a whole I think the whole team does cuz, you know, I've I've spoken this. It's not really all about individuals. It's more of a team effort, but you know, if I had to, you know, have a player step up, I think to me uh, Jack, uh Jacqueline Lee for volleyball does need to step a little more. I know she was very, very aggressive uh, against Coastal Carolina, maybe a little too aggressive uh, against them. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And then, you know, obviously the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, you know, I got to, you know, got a chance to watch her play a little bit. And, you know, she looked like she was kind of out of discomfort for for the volleyball team. So I would definitely say her, you know, Jacqueline Lee to step up. But, honestly, it's a team game. I think, honestly, the whole team has to do all do the same thing. But, uh yeah, I'm going to go with, with Jacqueline Lee. Yeah, definitely, Kobe. You hit it on the spot. Um, you know, vo volleyball, most like basketball, you know, most like football, you know, it's a team sport, you know. Uh, one player could have, you know, the game of their career, you know, mm -hmm. they still end up losing. So I definitely agree with you, Kobe. Um, everyone, you know, needs to play their part, execute their roles and their duties, um, you know, and leave everything on the floor tonight, you know. Uh, possibly could be the uh, last game of, you know, their collegiate uh, career for some of these players, uh, you know, if they don't come out um, swinging. But 
for my, you know, players that need to show up big, um, you know, you just got to throw out KJ Johnson and Samantha once, you know, need to lead the team in kills, you know, need to, um, you know, be aggressive on the offensive end. And um, also Samantha Wunsch and Jay Dufree, you know, they need to come correct on defense, you know, uh, get those blocks, you know. And um, Alyssa Ortega and Maggie Walsh, you know, I want to see them diving on the floor. Um, they both, you know, they're leading the team in digs. Uh, Alyssa Ortega has 424 digs. Maggie Walsh has 280 digs. So, yeah, you know, I just want to see th these broadcasts leave everything on the floor tonight, you know, and, you know, leave no rocks unturned, you know, in this match against <laughs> SMU. Yeah, my main player that I want to, like, see step up during the tournament is KJ Johnson. Um, as many of you know, she won um, Sunbelt Conference Newcomer of the Year with 11 double-doubles this season and um, 18 matches with double digits and digs. So I'm excited. Like, you know, we said it's her last season here, and it's her last NCAA tournament. So I'm excited to see her um, go off and have a great tournament play. And also Alyssa Ortega with digs as well. Like, as Tyson says, she's caring, and I'm just excited to see where they go. Yeah, you know, I, I think Kobe put it well. It's not an individual thing. It's definitely a team sport. But these individuals can step up to make that team effort seem greater. And, you know, a good word from Coach Sean Hewitt. He said a lot of people thought this was a rebuilding year for us. But we knew how good this team could be. Our team is playing really good volleyball at the time. And I thought the Sun Belt was deserving four bids. And guess what? That's something I want to mention. The Sun Belt Conference, for the first time in a long time, they have four Sun Belt Conference teams going into this tournament. Teams like South Alabama, mm -hmm. James Madison, mm -hmm. they might come meet them again, and Coastal Carolina, as well as Texas State. And, you know, this matchup, it's going to be in Austin. It's called the Austin Regional. And they will be going to be playing at November 30th at 4 p.m. That's this Thursday at 4 p.m. If you want to watch that, I'd say the broadcast is on ESPN. And the interesting thing about that is if they win this game, they will play the winner of the Texas versus Texas A&M matchup, Ooh. and that will be December 1st at 7 p.m. So it's going to be an exciting time for NCAA volleyball, especially Texas State volleyball. And let's see if head coach Sean Hewitt can take it all the way. But don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick little break. But when we come back, we'll be discussing Texas State football's last game of their season, winning 52-44 over South Alabama. But don't go anywhere. You'll listen to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio here. I'm your host, Justin Brown, alongside Kobe Jackson, Tyson Taylor, and Kalani DeLuna. And we're going to talk about some Texas State football now. They finished their regular season 7-5, and five, meaning they have secured a bowl game spot, but it came off of a really big win on their last game of the regular season. The Texas State football team finished the regular season Saturday night with a 52-44 win over the South Alabama Jaguars. The Bobcats set the tone early on with a 24-0 first quarter lead made possible by a 31-yard fumble recovery touchdown from Caleb Culp. Yep. A 48-yard bomb to Hawkins for a touchdown and a 100-yard kick return for Cole Wilson for a touchdown. So really the Bobcats setting the tone early. And if you look at the statistics, Finley, 368 yards and three touchdowns. I want to ask y'all, what did y'all see in this game? You know, the Bobcats did lead early on, but you have to think about that third quarter where I, the 
the Jaguars really came back. They scored over 17 points in that quarter. They were trying to fight. They even went through two quarterbacks as one fell to an injury. But what did y'all see from this team and the resiliency for them to get a win in their last game of the regular season? Yeah, I like that you touched on resiliency because, you know, the past couple of weeks, um, you know, ending this regular season has been kind of shaky, you know, for the Bobcats. You know, we weren't really sure how they were going to end the season. But, you know, th- they ended the season on, a, uh, on the right foot. Um, you know, they started the first half extremely strong. It seemed like everything was going their way. Um, first time since 2012 that Texas State has scored in all three phases. That's offense, defense, and special teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they did that on like three straight drives. It, it, you know, it was crazy to see that, um, you know, the offense was clicking. But, you know, the near the second uh, quarter and the third quarter, you know, the Texas State defense was starting to get a little comfortable, you know, let up 18 unanswered points. Uh, I'm in the second quarter, you know, it's 31 to six. Next thing you know, third quarter, it's 24, 31, you know, in a one uh, possession game. So, you know, the defense, you know, got to continue to, you know, play through, um, you know, all four quarters, even when offense is putting up big numbers, still got to keep the foot on the gas. And, you know, it's kind of been a theme this season. Um, you know, you don't want to continue into the bowl game, definitely uh, through next season. But, yeah, it was an overall really good game for the Bobcats. Um, second half, you know, defense was coming to play. Offense was coming to play. Scored 21 more points. And, you know, they scored 50 points for the third time this season. So, you know, this offense has been ecstatic all season long. And, you know, hopefully they can carry that into the uh, the bowl game. But also want to shout out Ashna Hawkins and Cole Wilson stepped up really big um, with Joey Hobart out, you know, looking like a dynamic one two punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they both have over 100 yards this this week, uh, touched on each. So, yeah, um, you know, great overall game from the Bobcats. What, what do you think, Kobe? I mean, there is there's a lot to discuss about this game overall. But the one thing I want to you know shout out is uh is South Alabama's two quarterbacks who absolutely balled out. I mean, Desmond Trotter and Carter Bradley both were sensational. Desmond Trotter went to 18 for 21 for 216 yards and four touchdown passes through oh, through one interception. But I mean, if you have a game like four touchdowns, that's honestly doesn't that doesn't mean anything at that point. And then Carter Bradley coming in because Desmond Trotter did get hurt uh, yesterday, I believe. I believe he went out off of a late. Uh, I want to say off of a, a really really hard hit yesterday uh, on Saturday, and Carter Bradley stepped in and he did pretty good himself. He went eighteen for twenty four for one hundred and eighty three yards and two touchdowns. So, I guess you could say overall passing game for for South Alabama was tremendous. Overall, it was thirty six for forty five for three hundred and ninety nine yards, six touchdowns, one interception. So, I mean, as a performance like that. You can you can't be mad at that, but I know both of these teams wanted to win desperately in order for them to secure that that really big time bowl bowl game. And you know Texas State proved you know clearly did. But I like how you mentioned guys stepping up like Cole Wilson and Ashton Hawkins. Obviously Joey Hobart has been hurt for the for the past couple of weeks, so you know there's been guys that's been stepping up for this football team. And what a good good win for them. Obviously, there was a fireworks show right after right after the game. So obviously, everybody got to stick around for that for a little bit. But I mean, overall, really good performance from both of these teams. Bobcats are finished with a winning record in seven and five. You know, South Alabama, I believe, is now six and six, which is kind of shocking considering the fact that we had them predicted to be, you know, up there in the top top level of the Sun Belt Conference this season. So it's just kind of it's just kind of studying studying at the fact that South Alabama, you know, finished with six and six. So, but I mean, up next is now Bull Elsbowl, but first we got to get to the Sun Belt Conference, and we got to mention that Troy and Appalachian State will be playing for the Sun Belt Conference uh, championship this weekend. So, uh, you know, good luck to both of those teams, but you know. Texas State winning record seven and five, and now they officially will be in the bowl game. 
you know, I want to get y'all's thoughts on uh, this season as a whole. You know, coming into it, we felt like we could have gone undefeated. You know, take back Texas was the message that everyone was hearing. Now, did this team meet your expectations as, uh, you know, someone that's watched this team for the past few years, or did they not? Um, I feel like Texas State definitely did meet my expectations this year. I remember, Justin, like, we would always say, like, we should just go out there and win a game. We don't need to worry about, okay, like, my God, we need to win this many games. And I feel like we did win a bunch of games this season, and we did put, like, Texas State back on the map this year. And I guess that's really what brought all the attention to Texas State. So I am impressed with this team and all these newcomers and how we were just able to play through it. And, yeah, they did meet my expectations this year. I mean, if you're a Texas State Bobcat fan, I don't know if there's any way where you're not – you know, um, you know, happy with the outcome of, you know, this season. It's the first winning season for the Bobcats in nine years. I mean, you know, just to see more than five wins is even, you know, good. Um, but, I mean, first season under G.J. Kenny. I mean, you know, a bowl game, we couldn't make it to the Sunbelt Conference Championship. But, I mean, a bowl game, you know, you know, if you're a fan, you're going to take that. Um, you know, Take Back Texas is still underway. You know, this is just year one. Take back Texas. You know, GJ Kenny's building a program here at Texas State. You know, we're building a reputation. You know, recruits are going to start coming in. We're going to get, you know, better guys from the transfer portal. Um, you know, and it's going to carry on, you know, for the seasons to come while GJ Kenny's here. But um, I just want to shout out, I mean, you know, you mentioned four bids for the volleyball team. Uh, I just want to say, you know, Sunbelt Conference had 12 out of 14 teams Jesus. make bowl eligibility. I mean, <laughs> The Sun Belt's rising, and, you know, Texas State is rising with it. So, um, you know, you just got to love to see that. You know, it's funny that, you, you Justin, you asked this question because, <laughs> you know, me being from San Marcos and me watching Texas State all my life, this I think this is probably one of the most impressive seasons that Texas State has had as a whole, considering the fact of the circumstances that they have had in the past few years. You know, we all we all bought in. You know, we obviously we all felt the culture change when G.J. Kenny took over. And it really it all started with when they beat Baylor in the first game of the season. And honestly, that game specifically just told you everything else of what Texas State can do for the remainder of the season. So honestly, it really exceeded my expectations. Honestly, I've, I had them going eight and four this season. But I mean, seven and five, it's still a winning record still. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. It exceeded all my expectations being a San Marcos native. And I mean, you know, we finished seven and five, but we could have easily been nine and three, eight and four that we had. We had yeah, uh, no. we had we had a couple close games that could have been yeah. either went either way. But, you know, um, you know, you love to see the Bobcats in this position. Yeah, you know, this Bobcat team, me personally, I believe they exceeded my expectations. Um, I know how there can be a lot of hype in an offseason, yep. and then it comes to the season, and then nothing can happen. And uh, I just, you know, didn't put my expectations too high, but they definitely went above it. 7-5, uh, and five, that's a winning season in a bowl game for their first time. So really going to be fun to watch. Also, just impressive to note, this team has already set some crazy records. Um, you know, this is the best home record they've ever had since the year 2005. Mm -hmm. I was three years old. So this shows <laughs> that this program has really hey, turned. You're, you're really making me show my age. <laughs> yeah. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was three years old when they had a 5-1 and one record at home. So this team has definitely turned it around. And then also, TJ Finley had 3,287 yards in 12 games this year. And that's beating the, the previous best record for Texas State, which was by Barrick Neely with 3,129 in the year 2003. I was one years old. So, or one year old. So, yeah, this, this Texas State football team definitely doing great things. When we get information on when that bowl game will be and where it will be, we'll definitely put that out on our Instagram at KTSW Sports. Plug. 
Yes, definitely a plug. <laughs> but now let's talk about a different sport. And we're going to be talking about basketball. And we'll start off with Texas State men's basketball. The, ben, the men's basketball team is currently 3-4 and four overall and has taken two losses since their I-35 rivalry win with losses against McNeese and Southern Utah. But Saturday night, they bounce back with the 73-66 win over UT Arlington. In this game, sophomore Jordan Mason made his season debut coming back from injury and with an impressive 21 points, 19 of which came in the second half to secure the deal for the Bobcats. So guys, my question to y'all is that do you think that this rough season start will be forgotten if injured players come back and have debuts like Jordan Mason? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you 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 hit, you know, you hit the nail around the head. I mean, Jordan Mason finally returning to this Bobcat roster. Fun fact: former Clark Cougar. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been you know fortunate enough to hear you know the calls of Texas Day men's basketball these past uh, these past few weeks, and you know, it's almost just seems like there's just 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 inconsistency between the teams. I know we've been talking about Kanan Gums and Brandon Love so far, and Tyrell Morgan as well. So, th- still a young team, but I think once they get the real leaderships back, you know, in like you said, in Jordan Mason and all those other guys, I think they're going to really have a strong season to think. They got one of the toughest tests this upcoming uh, this upcoming week against uh, University of Texas, and I know that's going to be one of the toughest. I think to me, one of the toughest games they'll have all season so far. But I mean, I think once they get everybody back and healthy, I think that's when they'll really start shining in their season. Yeah, definitely. Um, need the, you know you need to limit injuries as much as possible. Absolutely. You know, uh, injuries you know throw off rhythms. They should, you know throw off lineups. You know the amount of time you're playing with certain guys. But I mean, you know, this is a new squad, you know, um, you know, a lot of new players and like, it's, you know, there's going to be struggles in the beginning, you know, Um, it's not going to be a, you know, they're not going to be playing like a perfect team. They're not going to be playing. You're not going to be in midseason form, you know, five games into the season. Um, But, you know, overall, you know, chemistry, I feel like chemistry needs to improve with, with, you know, within the team Um, needs to be leadership. I want to see like, you know, better leadership with this team. Um, You know, it seems like kind of everybody's just kind of on the same level here and um, you need to shoot better, you know, Um, you know, struggling a little bit from shooting the 25% from the three point line and 40% from the field, which, is not bad, but um, you know, definitely need to you know increase those three point percentages and turnovers. Turnovers definitely need to be limited. Uh, for almost 14 turnovers a game is what the Bobcats are averaging right now, um, and that's unacceptable. You know, those are easy points that you're giving to other team. You know, but like you said, um, Kobe and Justin, Jordan Mason, great game, 21 points, three assists. Uh, you know, you love to see him come back from an injury and have a game like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, injured, injured players come back, you know, get some chemistry rolling within these players, you know, you know, we still have some upside in this season. Yeah, we go back to the I-35 rivalry against UTSA. Coach TJ, he definitely said that most of these injuries are like, they've been there since the summer and these players been trying to like fight through it and they just, they don't want to start. Like our starting point guard, Drew Dunn, is that correct? Drew Drennan. Drew Drennan. Drew Drennan. Like, you know, obviously he's our starting point guard in senior year, fifth year, right? Yeah, I believe. Yes. last year. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's just, don't get us wrong. Like, it's been great seeing Caden Gums, like, play, like, get all these minutes and all this stuff. But, like, of course we want to see Drew and his last season. But as you said, like, Brandon Love and Christian Turner, they've been, I would say, the ones that are holding down the team right now, you know, scoring double digits, having double doubles and all this. So, I like, we've all been saying once these starters get back, I feel like they're going to find, like, the good rhythm again. 
Yeah, you know, I really agree with that statement, Kalani, because, you know, Caden Gums kind of got forced into a starting role. You know, in that last game, uh, he only shot three for 10 against UT Arlington uh, Mavericks. So, you know, he's not the guy that has that, red, you know, that ready experience of college basketball. Drew Drennan's been here for the you know past previous years, um, four years or so. So, you know, really, it's going to be interesting to see him get into that starting spot. And then Jordan Mason. I mean, it sounds like he's fighting for a starting spot. Yeah. He was on the bench, 21 points there because um, the Bobcats had 31 bench points compared to UTA's one bench point so the UTA Mavs fall to the Bobcats but now the Bobcats have to face another UT team and that is no other than the UT Longhorns and they will be facing them Thursday night in Austin the Bobcats have never won a game against them since 2004 the Bobcats are 12 and they're 0 and 12 against the UT Longhorns so it'll be interesting to see what happens make sure to check out Longhorn Network for that or ESPN or you can listen to that here on KTSW 899 but let's transfer to another sport. I mean, it's the same sport, just different people. <laughs> Tech State women's <laughs> basketball. They're currently three and two overall and then currently on a two game losing streak after losing Tuesday night to Sam Houston, 62 to 66. And this past Sunday, 52 to 60 against the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders. In this loss, the Islanders held Janai Henson, Tamia Jefferson and Tiffany Tullis to only 10 points. You know, their next game will be against a rival, I-35 rival, UTSA, and that will be Thursday at 5 p.m. But what do you all see in this game against the Islanders, and how do they get out of this losing streak when they go to play against a rival like UTSA on the road? Um, uh, similar to the men's basketball team, you know, I think, you know, you got to shoot you gotta shoot better. I mean, um, this the, against the Islanders, you know, it was a— it was a very close game, you know, leading into the fourth quarter. And then it seemed like both teams just, I don't know if they lost their legs, lost their energy. The Bobcats shot three for 14. Mm-hmm. The Islanders shot two for 14. So, I mean, those, you know, those fourth quarter, those are those, you know, those game winning minutes. Those are, you know, where the game is on the line. But, I mean, I, I don't think, the you know, this women's basketball team is playing bad by any means. And um, I, I want to shout out Jania Henson, the, uh, you know, the graduate transfer from Morgan State. She was an all-MAC first-team player last year. Um, you know, and again, against the Islanders, she recorded her 1,000 career points. So, shout out to her. But, I mean, six deals. That's why I want to shout out, you know, yeah. uh, career high. Six, six deals is a lot. You know, she's definitely making an impact um, on the defensive end. But, yeah, I mean, just got to have energy in that fourth quarter. You know, got to stay aggressive. Um, you know, got to shoot better. I say this all the time, but this women's team, I'm, like, impressed with them. There's 12 girls on this team, and eight of them are newcomers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so hard to find, like, a rhythm with, like, so many new people. But these Bobcats are getting it done. I mean, the loss against the Islanders was, like, a tough loss. But, like, as Tyson just said, like, Tania, she's a main scorer for these the Bobcats. And... It's just hard, so maybe she'll find this rhythm back again versus UTSA. And then also, shout-out to Tiffany. She's just a great, like, offense, defensive rebound. Like, if you just see her play, she's going to go there and get those rebounds. And so I'm just, yeah, like, hopefully they just find the rhythm again for UTSA. And, yeah. You know, it's it's crazy because, you know, I I was fortunate enough to be on the call with uh, Joey against the uh, UT uh, Rio Grande Valley. And, you know, one thing that was really screwing up the Bobcats a lot was turnovers, really for both teams, because mm-hmm. I can't even count. I mean, then this had to be a record, but I'd say there was about a good like 40, like 30 calls 
of travels. I mean, oh my gosh. it was ridiculous. No, it was ridiculous. I, I during the broadcast, I was like, like going up and down with my head. I'm like, oh my god, another travel? Are you serious? This is probably the most travels I've ever seen in the basketball game, probably ever in my life. But, <laughs> it, but anyway, but I think I think Kalani, you make a great point. I think this basketball team has still have a lot of promise, even though they're only they're three and two. They've only played you know, five games. Five games really doesn't really mean much until you get later on down the season. That's where it really starts picking up. But you know, going off of the Islanders game, ten play or two, three players were in double digits. That was Janiah Henson, Tamaya Jefferson, Tiffany Tellis, all with ten points each of their own. So honestly, not that bad of a game. But just shooting wise, they were twenty for fifty eight, which honestly is kind of kind of. I wish I could say kind of disappointing considering the fact of how, um, you know, how they played against the the Vaqueros. But I mean, tough game. They got another game coming up in the UTSA Roadrunners, our I-35 rival for four and two on the season so far. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, interesting things happening between the two because UTSA and Texas State. It always something magical always happens whenever these two schools play each other, whether it's football or or baseball or softball, you know, it just, it just always, it just always magic happens between the two. Yeah. You know, this UTSA team four and two on the season so far, their last win was over the Sam Houston Bearcats, the game that you called with Joey Gonzalez. So, you know, they just beat Sam Houston and then they also just beat the Islanders 66 to 59 in overtime. So this team knows how to win against the opponents that the Bobcats have lost to. So they really need to, you know, watch some film and go into this ready. This team knows how to fight. They've already won an overtime game. This team is not going to, you know, quit easy. And so the Bobcats going to have to face them away and that will be Thursday at 5 p.m. But yes, that is our show for today. We're going to throw it to weather now. And Kobe Jackson, what is the weather? Well, for those of you who woke up early this morning, I bet you were probably freezing to death here. It was. It is currently 51 degrees outside. It's going to be a high of 55. It was a low of 40 this morning. And then Tuesday's forecast is going to be a high of 60 degrees and a low of 41 with clear, sunny skies. Today is supposed to remain cloudy all day. So this is a pretty good day if you uh, if you like if you like running in cold weather. This is definitely your day. But obviously, we're getting into you know into the winter season. I know this is the last week of classes and stuff everybody's getting ready for final projects finals uh, you know for the finals and uh you know what a good week to start it off yep thank you very much kobe for that weather um i'm wearing my jacket hope anyone listening is going to put one on today it's pretty chilly 18 mile per hour gust winds today so you know put on a jacket but yeah that's all the time we have today but don't worry we'll have you covered again on wednesday with another episode of bobcat radio if you enjoyed this episode of bobcat radio and want to continue to hear more make sure and keep up with us at ktsw sports on all social media for kalani deluna kobe jackson and tyson taylor i'm justin brown and thank you for listening to this episode of bobcat radio have a wonderful monday and keep your heads up high for finals now let's get you back to the other side of radio